Hello, and welcome to season two of the Off Brand Podcast. In this episode, we were joined by Ralph Ardill, an expert consultant, a keynote speaker, and an author on brand transformation and experiential design, with over 25 years of experience working with a variety of big name brands. In this episode, Ralph shares his thoughts on the changing face of brand culture, why we should be flipping the branding process on its head, and how old school leaders need to change their approach to internal engagement. Hi Ralph, it's absolutely wonderful to have you join us today and I'm really interested in talking to you about this key topic about culture and brand culture within businesses and how in today's world how much has changed because of the pandemic in terms of how important it is to get culture right within your business. And I wanted to kick off with a bit of a story where um, it was to do with NASA and I'm not, I'm not sure if it's true or not but it's a really great story. So. The story is around a, a janitor uh, cleaning at NASA and President Kennedy came round to visit in the early days of NASA and he turned to the janitor and he said, oh, so what do you do here? And the answer the janitor had was, I'm helping put a man on the moon. And it's a really um, lovely story and, and sentiment to that in the sense of really the whole of NASA was very aligned to this purpose and this vision of putting someone on the moon. And actually today, many businesses lose that sense of purpose and vision um, within the business, especially as people are forced to work in more kind of hybrid or remote ways. And so I really wanted to use this story um, as a a pivot springboard into our conversation today. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that that kind of archetypal prodigal son story about the sweeper at NASA, I have no idea whether he or she existed. Um, If they did, they should have written a book or a movie by now. But I think what's important about that story is it cuts to the chase of what culture really is all about. You know, there are three things in that story that really matter. One is from the the sweeper's perspective, his work or her work was valued and it had meaning. The meaning and value in our work is really, really important. But more important than that, it was a sense of belonging. You know, he belonged or she belonged to part of something bigger, bigger than in himself, even bigger than NASA. So this idea of meaning and, and, and importance and value and belonging are at the nub of what great cultures create. Great cultures create that sense of meaning in your work, of belonging and value. And there is more evidence, and, and probably over the last 20 years, there's been increasing evidence that you know, the stronger the culture. We often talk about culture almost as a wrapper, but what great cultures do is they make you feel uh, valued, you have meaning uh, in your work, and you belong to something bigger than yourself. Now, when that happens, there is more evidence now than there's ever been that you will be happier, you will be more productive, the quality of the work you are doing will be higher, and more importantly, you will bring discretionary effort of your own will, of your own making to, to, to your endeavors. All of that accumulated across a company's phone list or supply chain or, or, or the operational setup is what drives growth and performance. Now, we know through endless research studies, this is now true. We also know that culture eats strategy for breakfast. That was kind of last year's big thing. So an obsession with culture has become probably the CEO's number one concern. 
But there is a huge inconvenient truth right now about culture in that culture is no longer what it used to be. And we are going through a fundamental rethink of what cultural reality in business is. Ever since I had a job, which was quite a long time ago, culture, the trite response to what is culture would be, it's the way we do things around here. But that isn't true anymore because we may not be around here anymore. So where is here? Here used to be a box called an office or a factory or a workplace. And culture since the start of the industrial revolution has been built on one hypothesis that you have a captive audience. You had a captive audience called a workforce that willingly enslaved itself in an environment for you called a workplace. And so most of the cultural effort happened in that environment. The policies, the practices, the slogans, the perks, the meals, the spas, the gyms, the gratuitous displays of art in the atriums, all this symbol, symbolism, iconography and rituals and engagement happened in a very pre-planned, predictable way. They come in at nine, they leave at five, they sit here, they do this, they go there. That is no longer true. So the way that we understand culture is shifting and the way that we have to create that sense of meaning and value and belonging now has to be rethought. So I think we are at the beginning of a really exciting time of cultural innovation. So many of the things we took for granted of our captive audience called the workforce, we can no longer do this. The same thing happened in the consumer world of branding about a generation ago, when we could no longer think of just target audiences and just bombard them and you keep telling them the same thing over and over again and they will believe Purcell Washington's writer. So the whole consumer world has gone through this revelation, this revolution, and it's now happening in the workplace. So there's never been a more exciting time to be looking at creativity and innovation in, in creating new cultural realities, but it is a terrifying prospect for old school leaders who are used to having everybody in a box. I mean, I certainly know many a business that have had their sort of value sort of almost printed out on posters or kind of cut in big letters and, and sort of um, stickered to the wall with vinyls, um, you know, what their values are and what they stand for. Yeah. Uh, and really that just seems so old fashioned now that it, it's, it's been a thing that you need to learn when you join a company rather than yeah. a thing that's embedded with, within the very approach of things. I guess one of the kind of challenges that um, I see from some of the clients that we work with is often I find like kind of CMO level people really get this and really understand it, but it's actually trying to get the whole of the leadership team and any sort of manager to really embed it. So what have you found that's been sort of engaging people in that way? I think that the, um, I think what I've found probably in the last 18 months, which is quite interesting, is that the the people agenda for a long time the cultural agenda of businesses was trapped in hr in pretty much the same way that branding used to be trapped in marketing the branding world has had to work really hard to liberate the idea of brand in a more universal and holistic way around a corporate boardroom 
And the same thing is now happening with, um, with, with culture. So the next generation of cultural leaders and businesses are going to have, I think, much more control and authority around pretty much anything that sets their people up for success. So whether that is the, and that's going to go way beyond HR. That's going to be, that's going to focus on the design of workplace, the, the, um, the design of new work ecosystems, the design of new policies and practices, the actual redesign of work itself, which people don't talk about very much, but you know, we talk, we, you know, the, the, the actual, you, we know working in the creative industries, there, there is, if, if you have to print an annual report, there's a process you go through, but we can design an experience for the team of creating that piece of work that they'll remember forever. Or we can just treat them like battery ends and just process paginations and send it to the printer. And so we have to design the experience of work now, not just the process of it. And again, our industry, the work you and I do day in, day out, this is what we do. The, the reimagining of experiences that change behavior and understanding and give people a sense of pride and purpose. That's at the core of everything we do. We used to do it for brands. I've been talking to a lot of leaders recently about the, the, the panacea in, in, in our industry for many, for many decades has been the rebrand of a business. Mm -hmm. the, the holy grail project was to find a client that you could rebrand and we get to change everything. Yeah. I think that I think, and this is just a prediction that in the future, the panacea project will be reculturing, not rebranding. And I think the brand will be a response to that. So I think we're going to, I think we're interesting a really exciting time. A lot of the conversations I've been having with CEOs and, uh, HR leaders has been around this idea of a, of a much more inclusive and collective approach to reculturing your organization, rather than seeing that as a, de a departmental task to figure out whether we should be working from home or in a WeWork. Yeah, I do agree with you actually on that, because I think how we're kind of phrasing it is almost like brand culture. So we're not separating brand and culture, which is what they once were. And yeah. it's, it, it, it's actually how do we create a brand culture? So how do we set the right foundation strategically? How does that then roll out and embed? And actually approaching the internal engagement first. Yeah. So internal engagement, again, might even be an old word soon. Um, and it could be like, you know, activating the culture first and then then going out to the world after so that there's not uh, and it's almost like previously we were doing that in reverse right so it was a bit like yeah. okay so you know uh, creating a really powerful brand sending so messages oh and then just going straight out to the audience and, and the team weren't taken along so yeah, and, the, and the culture would struggle to catch up so if, exactly. you, if you look at pretty much every if you look at pretty much every brand identity manual that was published in the last 30 years there'll be, you know, 1% of the pagination of those manuals would have something to say about people. There would be a token page in there with values and that would be it. Yeah. So we, we've done a real disservice to businesses, I think, in, mm. in not addressing or having much to say or offer about the cultural consequences of the brands we tried to create. We just left the businesses to try and figure out and catch up. And yeah. I, think the, I think the thing's inverting now. I think cultural leadership and cultural insight and innovation 
is going to challenge the brands to evolve, to become, to become that. And, you know, I, I'm finding the, the, that my usage of the brand word, word uh, is becoming more and more infrequent. Mm. And that the conversation is much more focused around culture because it is the culture that your people will gravitate to and it is the culture that your consumers will connect with. And that ideology and values are no longer internal or external. They are the things that bind those two realities together. And the brand is the interpretation and expression of that. Mm. Not the brand is something we've constructed and then the culture has to figure out how to deliver it. So I think, I think there's never been a better time for this liberation of cultural thinking in businesses. And the, it's kind of been knocking at the door for a while, but we needed a good old-fashioned pandemic to totally reinvent the idea of modern work and modern workplace to light the blue touch paper of it. And we're not going back in the bottle. That genie's out now and it's not going back in. And, and I think what's happening is businesses are becoming obsessed with the the how do we organize the physical contribution of workers where do we work how do we lay out the studio who comes in on a tuesday what happens when we've got three people in a meeting and four people on a zoom call how does that work and we're starting at the wrong end of the telescope because you can't design that orchestration of talent until you understand what kind, what your kind of cultural model is. You have to get that right first. So there's an onus on leaders now to set the stall out in terms of what we now understand our what well fundamentally what we now accept and understand culture to be, what our cultural destination is as an organization, and then how are we going to reorchestrate and and kind of uh, reconnect the talent we need internally and externally to deliver that cultural reality and the brand employee and the brand customer experience which will flow from it. So this is my next 20 years of work, I think. Kind of starting, it's, it's early, so you and I are very used to these kind of conversations, so most people won't get it or want to hear it or buy it, but it is coming and it's inevitable. Yeah. So, you know, the little podcasts and things like this, I suppose, hopefully, um, there's, there's some people who go, mm, yeah, that's actually the problem we do need to solve. Yeah, I totally. think it's coming uh, and it's really exciting. But the thing is, you can see evidence of that coming already. Just going back to your point about, you know, that agent, you know, as agencies, we've, we've done a disservice because we're kind of like, you know, given out these values and, and people don't know what to do with them. And, and you see again and again, sort of, um, especially on LinkedIn, it's full of it, you know, like, oh, you know, uh, or even in the press, you know, Brewdog recently, you know, massive, you know, open letter employees, you know, you're not living your values, you're not being true. But it's kind of like, you can always be, see like, you know, this is, this is fast growing companies, They're, they've kind of, they've, they've ticked, the, ticked the brand box, or we've done our mission, we've done our vision, and we've done our, done our values. But actually, like, how are agencies helping them make sure that they embed these things? Yeah. And I think too often an agency has been hired to come in, do the strategic positioning, do the visual identity, thanks a lot, see you later, where's our guidelines? And it kind of ends there, whereas that's just not acceptable anymore because that's when errors like that happen. You know, you can't just pass on 
pass on this kind of manual. This is how yeah. you operate your brand. It needs to be well, embedded. Well, I think there's a couple of things that, Vicky, that are, are, are really true. I think, first of all, this obsession with values. So, you know, I mean, in, 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 I remember working with a, a global telecoms firm about 20 years ago, and I remember sitting through a strategic presentation where they proudly presented me their nine brand values. And I, when I, and I just said, you know, as I was, you know, um, hadn't really learned how to kind of bite my tongue back then. And I said, well, most people can't remember the 10 commandments. So how on earth do you expect anyone to remember nine brand values? That is very uh, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it, so, uh, but I did get invited back. Uh, and, and I asked around the room, I said, can anybody tell me what the 10 commandments are? And a few, and a few people said, do unto others as you would do unto yourself. Which a lot of people believe is a commandment, but it isn't. So, you know, it's, uh, it's probably the only one commandment that would matter, but the, but it, but it was an interesting point that first of all, we're trying to get people to remember these things, but actually you want them to be redundant. Yes. You don't want to have to communicate them. You want them to just be in, internal. And, and guiding main principles and, and operations. And the, and the way that the way that the internal cultural world has worked in businesses, because of that captive audience that I talked about earlier, because we know where people are and we know where they have their lunch and we know where we sit, you know, we know what all the touch points need to be. So we can put all the messaging up and we can plaster it on the walls and it's personal washes whiter. Keep telling them the same thing over and over again. And how many eyeballs do they get on that every day, three, six, five, eventually it will just sink in. So they might remember it, but you're not doing anything and unless they are experiencing the consequences, good and bad, of living those values. And we create moments where that can happen that, sh that create those memories and shift those behaviors. It, 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 we're not getting anywhere. And I think the thing that's interesting now is that we can't even rely on that captive audience anymore of, of where people are going to sit and how we're going to bombard them with our cultural messaging. So we can liberate ourselves from that and think, how do we find more creative ways now for people to experience what these values, the consequences and benefits of these values in your life and in your work and for this business? That's what shifts the behavior. And that, 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 I think, will become almost a new field in the creative industries. I think that, that we've never done that work before. We've, we've knocked on the door of it, but often clients assume they can do it themselves because they have that captive audience, but now they need help. They need help in re-understanding re what culture means, understanding how to define a, a narrative around it and how to bring that to life in whole new ways for people. Mm, it and needs that creative thinking, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, we, we are now at the beginning of a, of, a, of a period of cultural innovation where we, we haven't had before. And that's what's exciting to me. And that has to be led by creative thinking. It has to be people-led. It has to be human-centered. It has to be all the stuff we do. But the, but the design of the cultural experience of organizations now is, is a whole new field. And, and something that, um, you know, if we're not careful, businesses will miss that opportunity. They will miss the opportunity to redefine their cultural ambition and go straight into, you know, how do we offload this lease and get a few more people into WeWork next Tuesday? And, and we can't allow that to happen. Well, Ralph, thank you for joining me. Um, 
always uh, I, I feel like saying sort of amen after that but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think um <laughs> you, always, you always create opportunities for a good rant <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah Rav it's been really really insightful and I'm I'm sure um a lot of our listeners will get loads from this loads of little nuggets and obviously if, if um they want more information then just google Ralph you'll find him hanging out on LinkedIn um commenting and ranting on various other things as well <laughs> but mainly around culture um so thanks so much for joining us Ralph and absolute uh, pleasure thanks for inviting me on and uh, I'll see you soon in the real world <laughs> yeah great let's hope so <laughs> take care